Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. Years ago when we started dreaming of planting a church in Washington County, we sat in a basement and prayed and started, what does it look like? What would, what would happen if we could start a movement of radical love that transforms our community and the world? And we had thoughts and dreams that went in one direction, and as God does in all of our <clears throat> stories in our lives, our story went a different direction. One of those things that I prayed about as a pastor was that I am just very, I'm very social, and I didn't want to do this alone. And God brought amazing people into that story early, and two of those people were Nick and Don Jankowski. And as we sat and dreamed about what that looks like, one of the core values and one of the heart of what we are is that we multiply, and we dreamed of starting and planting another Mosaic church. My dream was locally, and again, God had a different story. For some reason, uh, they don't like our winters here, and I asked to go to North Carolina, and God said no. But he did say yes to Nick and Dawn. And so that dream of planting churches that plant churches has already begun in this baby church's life. And if you are familiar with church world, churches don't typically multiply. That's uh, something that we don't hear a lot of anymore, of churches that plant churches. But that was the core of who we are. And so with great joy and yet sadness, we started planning North Carolina. And then the same thing came back into my heart. God, I don't want to do ministry alone. And so I started to pray about that once again. And as only God does, God brought another person into my life. One year ago, I met with Kirk Knudsen at a Starbucks. As I was about to leave for my sabbatical, I'm like, sure, I'll meet with you, and then I'm gone, dude. So we sat down, and he's like, yeah, I'm looking for a great church to hang out. And I'm like, hey, great church. Come and do ministry. Love to have you. And little did I know, a year later, we would be offering him a position as our ministry coordinator here on staff at Mosaic Church. Kurt comes a lot in the same ways that Nick and Dawn did with faith, with fundraising, uh, with doing the hard things, and learning what it looks like to pastor and be at a church. And so now here we are a year later that we are sending our two to start Mosaic Church, yet God has brought one more to be in ministry together as a Mosaic family. So with great joy, I ask that you celebrate with me and give a hand to our new ministry coordinator. We preach today, Kirk Knudsen. Ahoy! Ahoy, Mosaic! <laughs> All right, I have a serious question to ask you guys at the front here. Um, and this is very theological, so, you know, just put your thinking caps on. How many of you guys, by show of hands, it's a little dark here, but uh, how many of you guys would say that you're a fan of heist movies? Heist movies. Uh, there's a couple here. Write these down. This is, this is my center list for Jason. Um, for those of you who like, were hesitant, you're like, what is that? Uh, a heist movie, <clears throat> here's kind of the, the breakdown. So a heist movie has this like, gentleman thief who's either coming out of retirement, never having been caught, and he just has to get back in the game, or he just got out of jail because he got caught last time. It's never something in the middle. It's never like a middling guy who's like, eh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's one or the other. 
<clears throat> and he gets this crazy like rogues gallery of people to come and help him pull off this job, right? This, this heist, uh, this theft job. And so he gets all these like crazy characters. Like there's a guy who, I guess, his thing is he cracks safe, safes. I, I guess that's a thing. Um, there's inevitably lasers involved, right? Like somehow there's like a thing and there's lasers. So there's a guy who dodges lasers or something. I don't know. I guess you go to school for that. <laughs> and inevitably, inevitably, you get this person called the wild card, okay? Um, and this guy's job, believe it or not, is to mess the mission up. And you might be wondering, what? Why have that guy on the team? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, that, that's part of this whole thing. Uh, they're necessary. So this guy's, you know, in there and he's snipping wires. He has no business snipping. Uh, he's, you know, getting itchy when the cops come. Total mess. Total mess. But he's necessary. Okay? And <laughs> there's a few of these kind of movies. Um, if, if you've never seen them before, when I was a kid, a big one was Heat with uh, Al Pacino, you know, hey, I can't do Al Pacino, but you know, <laughs> it's Al Pacino. And then, uh, you know, they had the Oceans movies for a while with like every leading man as some kind of character. And they've kept going. We, we have like, uh, the Avengers got in the mix with Endgame. They had this thing called a, uh, known in the spheres as a time heist, which is weird. You could steal time now. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Ladies, if you're going, this is not what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in heist movies. This is uh, lowbrow dude stuff. Uh, <laughs> might I submit to you the rom-com, okay? <laughs> Hear me out. So, <laughs> so the rom-com, uh, it's, you know, a guy and a girl. They meet each other. There's a meet-cute, right, the, when they first meet. And then uh, they think, well, this person doesn't like me. And then the friends get involved, and they like, there's a... ABBA song or something that plays and they end up getting connected at the end. So nobody's, nobody's you know, getting out of here alive. We, we all like some sort of heist. It's a heart heist. Okay, in that case. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, so, so you know, these, these things are ubiquitous in our culture. We, we love, for some reason, there's something about these movies that just capture us. And yes, it could be the, the team dynamic. You know, we like a good team. We like a good mission, right? The MacGuffin might catch our eye or what have you. But might I submit that the real thing is that there's something deep down in us that wants what we can't have, right? We want what we can't have in some capacity. Now, you know, Pastor Jason's been going through the Ten Commandments and Pastor Nick, right? And we've been seeing all these uh, commandments that God has given to us in Scripture, and uh, we're at thou shalt not steal. Uh, kind of interesting. Um, thank God, by the way, I didn't get last week's sermon. Uh, that, was, that was heavy, right? <laughs> I got the one nobody struggles with, thou shalt not steal. So we should be out of here in like five minutes, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, let me pray, and then we'll get into our text here. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you don't leave us to our own devices to figure you out or or wonder what is true, but Father, you tell us the things about you. And you tell us what your heart is and what you care about. Father, I just pray that uh, we all can just be learners of your word. And Father, I pray that after this message, we can all better serve you in a capacity that you would want us to do so. Um, I just pray for this sermon and, and for the ears that hear it. Pray in your Hoyson's name. Amen. So, 
<laughs> Stealing's kind of cool, <laughs> apparently, and so is our society, until it happens to you, okay? So I have kind of a history of theft, not from me, uh, although I guess that exists, but of getting robbed, okay? Um, <clears throat> when I was a kid, growing up in the Chicagoland area, I remember that it was like an annual tradition that in the spring, uh, my birthday's in May, just so you know. Uh, <clears throat> don't know why that's important. But um, <laughs> I, every spring, I would get a bike, okay? It'd be awesome. It'd be the newest thing. And all of a sudden, like, I'd have it, and then a couple weeks later, it's gone uh, because some kid in the neighborhood needed a bike more than I did, I guess. And... It, it was awful. I guess I never learned. Every year I upgraded. I got a chain and everything with a, the all zeros code, I guess. <laughs> and, and it'd be cut, because some guy didn't know zeros. And uh, it would be cut, and I'd have no bike. So that happened all the time. Then there was this one time, uh, Halloween, I was probably in like middle school. And where we were, I was coming from this nice neighborhood with like a pillowcase full of candy. I was, I made it, right? And, uh, and then all of a sudden, we were across from the police station. And it's empty. It's, I guess, a federal holiday. I don't know what Halloween is. But there's these, you know, <laughs> streetlights in the parking lot. And me and my buddy are at this playground across the street. And all of a sudden, we see these three figures in the dark moving toward us. And I was like, uh, what are we going like, to do? And he's like, well, we'll just stay by the playground and, like, you know, run around, I guess. And um, <clears throat> sure enough, one of the guys runs, two of the guys stay back, and, and he chases me because I'm the chubby, I'm the easy target, right? <laughs> it's like, get the chubby kid. And so, <laughs> it's like the weak, uh, weak gazelle, you know? And, um, and so here I am, like, dodging and juking him out, and, and he doesn't catch me, uh, but he just stops, and he's out of breath, and he's like, kid, just give me the candy. I, I don't, and he's like, I don't, I don't want to look like a punk in front of my friends, you know. And I guess I felt bad for the guy who's ripping me off. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I'll give you a handful of candy, just keep it in the bag. And I was like, okay, cool. It's like, I started all over again. Um, and then, cut to, uh, in the future, I go to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And my wife, Sarah, and I get this cool apartment by the lake. And... Uh, there's a reason why we were able to afford that, apparently. It wasn't the best area. And um, we, yeah, we went up north, you know, to visit the family on the weekends. And apparently some dude was casing the joint, noticed we were gone. And we get there, and it's, it's that dread, right? I just see the door open a little bit with the lights on. And, you know, you open it, and you think, oh, man, I just forgot to lock the door. Ooh. Nope. Uh, like crowbar marks, everything, you look, and it's just my stuff is all over the place. Uh, they took, you know, all Sarah's jewelry and all my games and stuff like that and electronics. Didn't take any of the books. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Um, some of these are valuable. Uh, but yeah, uh, we just got, got robbed. So everything, you know, it seems kind of, you know, yeah, cool, fantasy, you know, hip when you're watching it on screen, and then when you're the mark, Things get ugly. And, and we felt so much dread from that uh, for years afterward. And paranoia, like crazy. We, th we just thought we were going to get robbed all the time for, for you know, it, it just puts that in you. In our church we were at, at the time, they were like, uh, we told them, you know, the, day, the weekend after it happened, and they were like, oh, that's it? 
oh, we get robbed all the time. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to live here, man. This is, <laughs> this is rough. So we, we booked. But that's the thing. It's, it's, it's hard being the mark, right? It's hard being the person that's going to get robbed. Um, and, and like I, I, w- I was joking, you know, this, this seems like something that's, you know, people in striped pajamas with like a, a mask and a dollar sign bag do this, not me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a thief, right? But I, I think we're very narrow in the ways we conceive of theft, okay? I'll give you, I'll give you a couple examples of, of ways where we might be guilty in this area, okay? The, the obvious one is like cash and objects, Right? <clears throat> obviously, nobody here is like, well, I, I shouldn't say obviously, I don't know. Uh, presumably, nobody here is hitting banks. But, <laughs> presumably, I, don't, I would imagine, I would imagine. But there are times in our society where, right, we hear these things all the time, where like some PTA mom, you know, got too comfortable with the, the amount of cash that she had, that school's doing well, and swipes it just a little, you know, or here or there. Um, you know, even, even things like, and, and I remember when I was a kid, you know, you're driving around, you need gas money, mom's purse is there, 20 bucks, she's not going to miss it. You know, I need to go eat and drive and be with my friends. Yoink. Right? And, and that seems like nothing. That seems like nothing unless it's wrong. Uh, unless it's actually wrong. What's interesting is we live in a society that has this interesting, uh, I, I, I don't think it's new, but we, we've kind of, honed it. It's this Robin Hood concept where if somebody has more than we do, we can kind of look at them and go, it's okay to take, them, you know, take their money just a little bit, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos isn't going to lose any sleep if I borrowed a hundred bucks, probably way more than that. I could, I could probably like take a million and he'd be like, what happened? Uh, but <laughs> but uh, somebody's taking my loose change. But, but we look at that and we see that it's okay. It's justifiable. I don't have as much as he has. Right? We've, we've politicized this through the eons, right? We've, we've, we've made it so that it's, it's okay if somebody's in a position of power, right? They're okay to take from. And, it, and that's either true of all of us, it's, it's okay to do, or it's not. It, it can't be that because... Think about it this way. That means if a homeless person came up to you and held you up a gunpoint and asked for your stuff, that'd be okay. Maybe not gunpoint, but if maybe hand and shirt. I don't know. <laughs> that, w- that would be, you, you should just go, oh yeah, I'm a have. Here you go. It's either okay or it's not. Right? Uh, he- here's one. If, if you're not like, you know, I, I don't struggle with that, Kurt. That's not what I struggle with. If, if it is, you know, think about that. Think, this is, what's interesting is we have a Christian society. We have a, a Judeo-Christian kind of lineage to our society. We, we benefit from, you know, our, our past of people who have religion, you know, Christian religious thought where we can navel gaze in a way that other cultures can't. We can look at ourselves and really understand whether or not what we're doing is right or wrong. Right, we benefit from that, that moral heritage let me, if that's what you struggle with, that's one thing. But there's more things we can steal than just that. Time is another thing we can be thieves of, 
I joked about the time heist, but consider this. I had a professor once that said, I don't want you to think about time as like a analog clock, right? I guess from your perspective, it'd go like this. There you go. <laughs> don't think of time as an analog clock, because it keeps repeating. You fool yourself, right? Don't even think about it if, if you're younger and you're like, what's that? Uh, <laughs> don't even think about it as a digital clock. Even on military time, right, that goes to 24, if it's not a 12-hour cycle, even if it goes to 24, it cycles back to one at some point. It keeps repeating. He said, think about your time as an hourglass. You have a limited amount of that stuff. And it's always, always leaving. Think about time that way. And then, I don't have it on me, but consider the fact that you have a phone in your pocket. I was going to pull mine out, but I gave it to Sarah. <laughs> you have what I would call in very, in scare quotes, a phone in your pocket. Uh, I remember a time where a phone right was on the wall and you were tethered, you were leashed. Like if you wanted to hang out with your buddies, you're like, oh, and you had to go, right? Uh, no phone, you're just on your bike. Um, we now have a pocket PC with a phone ability in our pocket at all times, right, with a screen on it, with a bunch of just squares of time-wasting ability. Different kinds, it's like all sorts of time-wasting, right? Uh, you might be like a productivity guy or girl or what have you, and, and you might be like, oh, not me, all these are productivity. It's like, sure. <laughs> right, we, we waste a ton, a ton of time. Inevitably, what we're doing is we're really robbing ourselves, right, of what could be. We're really robbing ourselves. Yet, consider this. We live post-Industrial Revolution. Okay, the Industrial Revolution, uh, the majority of people before what, what we call the Industrial Revolution was we were all farmers, right? We either grew what we could eat or a little bit more to sell, or that's what we did. We, we grew things to sell, right? And then the Industrial Revolution happened. And what we decided as a society is, okay, instead of just living on my farm and maybe having all of my crops die, I'm going to go to something more stable, a business where a guy has money and is paying me t for my time and labor, right, to do what they would have. Then I can have money, which is a substitute for goods, and then I can buy what I need. And if that's the case, if you're on that phone, right, at work, or doing whatever at work, that's not what you're paid to do, you're stealing. And I have, a, I have an interesting example of this. I remember when I was in Bible school for the first time, I used to work at a gas station. Um, and I would bring these thick, like, theology books to read, and I thought it was super spiritual, and I'd be, like, reading them. And then, you know, it was pretty chill. If the bell went off, uh, then I got up and I helped the customer. And <clears throat> I worked with this guy who was a type A guy, okay, who was an atheist. And on our list of things to do, we had this whole checklist of things. And if we didn't do them while we were working, to get them solely off the list, we'd have to stay later and do that checklist. It had to get done, or we'd get in trouble or fired. And here I am, reading about God, chilling, 
until a customer came, doing kind of the bare minimum of my job, and having an atheist dude go, ah, Christians. Christians. Cool. That's what they're like, lazy. Ooh. I, I was like a living example of what time-wasting, how that can affect somebody else, robbing that guy. So when we closed, he'd have to stay late instead of doing it, what he wanted to do in his plans. And this is, this is kind of where we find ourselves, just stealing. And, and it's more things than this. I, I, I've given you a couple examples that aren't just stereotypical. And, and my presumption is that if we actually consider the, the areas that we steal, we'll probably find ourselves guilty. Now, to add to that, um, we're going to look at our text today. If you guys want to open to uh, uh, Exodus chapter 20, we're going to be in verse 15. If you guys want to open there. And this is continuation of the Ten Commandments, right, what we've been going through. Um, <clears throat> And I don't have my cheaters on today, uh, so it's hard to read here, but uh, that almost looks like it says, uh, don't steal, <laughs> right? Don't, don't steal. Uh, it's pretty simple. In Hebrew, two words, right? Don't steal. That's it. Very basic. And, and I, I want to kind of go into this because I only have two words to talk about. <laughs> so I'll give you a little biblical uh, knowledge here. It's interesting. Um, there, there's a couple of kinds of laws in Scripture. In the Old Testament, in the first five books, that's what we call the law. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Mostly the latter four are the laws. And if you look at those, there's a couple of kinds. The first kind is like these cause and effect laws. Okay, uh, Do this or this will happen. If you do that, then this. Right? Consequence. These are not those. These are very particular laws that you'd find in more of like a monarchy setting or in your household. <laughs> if you have kids, do it because I said so. Something, and I learned this as a teacher, some things, you know, you can answer questions all day, right? You can answer questions all day. If kids have questions, like, yeah, you, you, you. But the moment that you say, hey, can you do this or turn in your homework? And they go, why? Bump, bump, bump. That's when you have, oh, this isn't a curiosity question. This is an authoritative question. You're, you're testing the boundaries like the Raptors in Jurassic Park, right? You're, <laughs> you're, you are testing the perimeters for weaknesses about what is allowable. And so the answer is, because I said so, I am authority. And these exist in Scripture because God is authoritative. And these, notice, these aren't called the ten suggestions, <laughs> right? These are, these are commandments for a reason. There's no if, then. The only thing that seems like that is the one that Pastor Nick covered about obeying your father and mother and having a long life or what have you. Um, and that's just, that's not like an if. That's, you know, a perk. A perk to doing it. It's a bonus. But these aren't like if, then. So these are things that we ought to do. Not only do I want you guys to think biblically, Okay? But I want, you to, I want you to do something else. I want you to think theologically for a second. Uh, if you want to open now to Matthew, um, chapter 5, verse 40. We've been contrasting a little bit with what's called the um, Sermon on the Mount with the Ten Commandments. 
uh, because there's a lot of what Jesus covers here that kind of overlaps uh, a little of the commandments that the Jews would have been familiar with. He's correcting a lot of false thought. <clears throat> he says this. This, is, this gets kind of interesting really quick. He says, verse 40, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give it to the one who asks you and do not then, uh, do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Uh, if we keep reading, there's something interesting here. Uh, depending on the translation you're, you're, you have, there's uh, a job that's covered here called either the publican or the tax collector. Same word. And <laughs> we have in our society people who, you know, say taxation is theft. We, we don't like taxes often as Americans, right? <laughs> Since day one. Uh, but it's different. Uh, and taxes aren't new. They've been around for, you know, as long as people, you know, in the, in the Israelite code, it could have been the tithe, right? The, the tenth that you pay is really kind of a, a tax that you're paying. But here, what's interesting is the reason that the Jews didn't like publicans in the New Testament is because not only did they demand your money for the oppressor that was over you as a society, the Romans, but then they also took a little off the top. So imagine that. The IRS is like, not only do you have to pay your you know, state and federal taxes, but now you've got to pay me, Bob. Make the check out. To You'd be like, what? No, man, that's, that's a huge scam. That's what they were under. And Matthew was a tax collector. So check this out. This is kind of interesting. He says this. And these are Jesus' words. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. And here he, he, he plays the language, he says, be perfect for I am... I am perfect, or for the Lord is perfect. The original word there, and he's quoting Leviticus, the original word was holy, be, be agios, holy, as I am holy. He changes it. You could be holy in a Jewish society. You just had to keep the law. You had to do the ritual cleanings. You had to do the right things. You could not be perfect. So now you're stuck. You steal. God says don't. And now it's like, be perfect. Uh-oh. Yikes. Uh, there's too many pitfalls here that I cannot evade. Right? Talk about traps. Talk about heist. <laughs> right? Now, I want to walk you through something. Because it, it's not just don't steal. It's not just don't steal. That's the bare minimum, guys. If we're to be as God is, of which you can't be, what does that standard look like? Let's walk through it. Okay? What did God do? What did God do? Okay, beginning of all creation, the, tr the Trinity, just existing in relationship with each other before time, before space, before matter, before anything like that. Deity exists. The Trinity exists. And then he decides for some reason to create. And think about it. This being doesn't need that. 
it's tangential to its existence, or his existence, because he's personal. It doesn't matter to him. And yet, when he creates, he goes, that's good. He's enjoying it. That's good. He's a creative God. He's doing what, he's, what he is in his character. And then he creates man, and he says, it's very good. Actually, he creates woman and says, it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go, ladies. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing. He, he creates humanity, and he goes, that's good. And then he does this. He goes, I'm, gonna, I'm not only going to give you existence and creation, I'm going to give you freedom. I'm going to put a tree right here. Don't rip me off. Don't steal that. And, and you're good. You're good in my book. Don't take that. And we're like, yeah, you got, uh-oh. <laughs> right? We steal the fruit right away uh, in, in the text. And yet, what's crazy is this. If that were you and I and we got ripped off, and remember dread, we would be like, no, done with you. Done with you. How dare you take what's mine? We get really possessive really quickly over what's ours. And yet, what does God do? Okay. I'll fix this for you. He didn't need to do that. And fast, I mean, he gives us tons of stuff, but fast forward all the way to Jesus. And that second person of the Trinity who always existed takes on flesh like you and I. What a humbling thing. Talk about giving. I'm giving you my ability to experience what it's like to be you. Amazing. And then, not only does that, he takes the sin and death that we earned by being knuckleheads in the first place. He goes, I'm going to pay for that with my self, my son. And what's crazy is Jesus even gives. He goes, guys, now I have physical material as part of who I am. I am going to be with the Father now and intercede on your behalf, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I get it. It's hard. It's scary. I, like your leader is going, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come and be um, the parakletos, the comforter, the advocate. There's legal, interesting, legal terminology there. He's going to be with you and, you, and it's something you can't lose and you can't get rid of. Nobody can rip you off, even though I got ripped off. <laughs> Nobody's going to take it from you. Give, give, give. And so we're set in this position where we, we have be perfect, design perfect. It's like, man, I can't do that. And God gives us the ability in the Holy Spirit to be his hands and feet. He empowers us to do what he just by character does, and we don't. And now we are able to. So the things that you could steal before, consider money, objects, time. I'll have a more presence. I unfortunately, with all my studies and jobs, and, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, I rob from my kids, my presence. I could be there a lot more for them and my wife. He can now give those things and it actually is sanctified by God. Not only is it benefiting me now, like helping some random charity, but God is giving through me. I can now help those because the Holy Spirit is in me.
So, what can we do? Obviously, <laughs> it's not just steal. We can give. Now we can give. What can we give? Things you can steal. <laughs> Your time. Yeah. Time, objects, right? Money. Um, you know, a good place to give here at church. You can start here. Start anywhere. You can start here, right? You could tithe. If you don't, you know, you're not made of money, like none of us are, <laughs> except for Jeffrey Bezos. Um, if you're not made of money, give your time. Give stuff, right? Like if you have a, you know, I don't think we need another vacuum, but you're supposed to do that. Give something, right? Serve, do, give, because now you are able to where you couldn't be before. And you have the ability to share in that with God, right? Give the things. Uh, we, have, we have ministries here. If you're not plugged in, if you're not engaged, you can you know, help out in the hospitality team, right? Uh, facilities we need help in. All sorts of areas. Tech. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't forget that. You can help in any ways. And we have, by the way, uh, coming up on the 18th of August, we have Hootie Fest. Um, they love us coming down there. We can give. And guys, this is part of who we are as Mosaic. Radical generosity is what we are about. It's part of our character. We are giving to North Carolina. Consider. Consider ways where you have stolen. It's hard. I know that we don't want to dwell on the negative, but consider ways you've stolen. If you are in Christ, you are forgiven of those things, but bring those to him. Don't run away. Bring those things to him. And then consider how you can give as Christ himself has given. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering. For service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.